Thank you. I'm excited to be here today. And if you can't tell, I'm a little bit pregnant. And I'm kind of excited because how many of you have ever heard an Advent sermon by a pregnant woman? Right? I've been doing this for a long time. This is my fourth pregnancy. And this is the first time I managed to be pregnant during Advent and so pregnant that I'm anticipating right along in the story of Advent. So I hope that this belly can be your illustration that you remember today of what it means to wait, to prepare ourselves. Because in Advent, we enter in to the darkness of Israel. We enter into uh, the challenges, to the oppression, to the difficulty that they experienced as they waited for Christ to come. And then we also wait in our present day for Christ to be born again. So in Advent, we spend this time intentionally waiting. And waiting isn't something we're very good at. Waiting isn't something we like to do, but I'm going to get to that in a bit. As I was thinking about our first, um, well, it's not Sunday, but Sunday was our first Sunday in Advent, does anyone know what our theme is in the first Sunday of Advent? Yes? Hope. So we, like, imagine hope is kind of the backdrop to um, our message today. And I was thinking about how to really uh, dig into this, and I kept thinking about this scene in The Grinch. And I was going to attempt to sing it for you, but I am hoping that you all like me at the end of this. So I'm not going to sing it, and I'm going to show you this clip from The Grinch. It's heartbreaking, isn't it? Little Cindy Lou, she's been with her dad Christmas shopping, and they're buying all these presents, and they're obsessed with the light display on their house, out-competing their neighbor, and she has this moment, and all of us probably in childhood had this moment where we realized, wait, what is this? The magic just isn't there. And this isn't just about Christmas. In our lives, there's, there's these times where we just feel like we've lost the magic, like we've lost something, like it just doesn't feel like it used to. Like it just doesn't smell or taste or feel or whatever it is. We have these expectations, right? We expect our life is going to go this way. We expect that December is going to feel this way. We expect that our families are going to always be like this. And then something happens and our expectations are completely shattered. Our expectations are based on how things happened in the past. And so we expect them to feel like that. We expect them to go that way again. And then when they don't, we're consumed with disappointment. A few years ago, I remember on Black Friday, the um, Ancestry.com DNA kits were a really big deal. I don't know if they were this year or not, but I remember everybody I knew was ordering the DNA kit, and I remember reading all of these articles that came up shortly after that people sent in knowing 
their mom was Swedish and their dad was German. And then all of a sudden, all these weird things came up in their DNA kit. Over 26 million people have sent in the swab and you send it in not expecting to get the results that your mom isn't your mom or your dad isn't your dad. And maybe you've seen some of those Netflix shows that have been out recently about people who have like 90 some siblings. Our expectations are not what our lives are about. Our expectations are going to leave us disappointed. Our expectations are not going to get us through the season of Advent, the season where we wait in the dark with Israel, the season where we finally acknowledge that we are in this in-between as we, as we acknowledge Christ came and we're waiting for Christ to come again, we find ourselves in this season of waiting. Ancestry wasn't a mystery in the ancient world. They didn't have to send in a swab. They knew exactly where they came from. Family and lineage were extremely important. And in the ancient world, um, there was something about your, your heritage, your bloodline. And there's this story in Luke, Luke's gospel about a woman named Elizabeth. She came from the perfect family line. Elizabeth's family was a prominent Jewish family. She came from the priestly line of Aaron, and she married a priest, Zechariah which was an extremely ideal union. Both Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous Jews. And so not only were they the ideal biological match, but they were also just perfect people. They also just were a great religious fit with one another. The only problem was that Elizabeth was unable to conceive a child. The perfect genetic match, the perfect two people to end up together to carry on this priestly line were unable to carry it forward. And barrenness in the ancient world carried a pretty terrible stigma with it because a woman didn't have a career. She didn't work outside of the home. She was responsible for bearing children and raising a family. That was the role of a woman in the ancient world. And so the story of Israel throughout history is a story of barrenness. All the matriarchs in the Israelite history, Sarah and Rebecca and Rachel and Hannah, being a mother was the role of a woman. That's what they did. Their identity and their significance was wrapped up in it. And these women were unable to fulfill um, this role. And Elizabeth waited, and she waited, and she waited. She waited as years went by, and she finally reached the point in her life where she knew her opportunity had passed. She knew what it was like to wait for something that would never come to be. She knew what those failed expectations were like. And the Bible is filled with stories of people waiting. Joseph waited 13 years, Abraham 25, Moses 40, Rahab 40. Noah may have waited 100 years to complete the ark. Elizabeth and Zechariah had waited with no deliverance, filled with unmet expectations. And then at the beginning of Luke, we read 
that in the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. And Zechariah got word from the Lord. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drinks, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. He will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in the spirit of power of Elijah to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Elizabeth waited her entire life with unmet expectations. She dreamed, she hoped, she longed for something to come. And as she waited, I can't help but think of how little we are capable of waiting today. I think about uh, this past week, there was something I had to order on Amazon, and it said, my two-day prime shipping won't get here until next Thursday. And I am so frustrated and annoyed that why on earth it's two-day shipping? Is it going to take six or seven days? When I go to the grocery store, I pick the line with two people over five people, and I still tap my toe impatiently as I wait for the checkout to continue. We don't live in a world that, that appreciates waiting, that knows how to wait, that has any ability to wait. We don't wait for someone to return our text messages. We don't wait for something to come to be. We force it. If it doesn't happen, we do whatever we can to move it along because waiting feels like a waste of time. But there are times when we find ourselves with no choice but to wait. It's this place between where we were and where we're going and things are a little bit blurry and confusing, and we don't quite know what the future holds. Long before Elizabeth and Zechariah were waiting, the Israelites were waiting. They had lived a long history of oppression and were ready for God to send them a new king, a Messiah, Christ. They had expectations about what this Messiah would be like because they had lived under oppressive rulers who enslaved them, and they had lived under rulers who were slightly less oppressive but taxed them to the point that they may as well have been enslaved. They did not have autonomy. They did not have freedom over their lives, over their families, over what they did or how they could live. Their religion was tampered with. There were um, idols in their temple. They were, they were living every moment of every day waiting for someone to come to overthrow the, the occupants, to overthrow Rome, to overthrow Assyria, to overthrow Babylon, to overthrow all of these nations that ruled over them for centuries. They waited and they waited for this militant king, for this warrior, for this victorious savior who was going to rescue them and give them their nation back. 
waiting is never a movement from nothing to something, but it's always from something to something more. All of the people that surround the birth of Jesus, Zechariah and Anna and Simeon and Mary, are all living with a promise that they've been given. Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, was told, your wife, Elizabeth, is to bear you a son. Scripture tells you it had been revealed to Simeon by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he had set eyes on the Christ of the Lord. Mary was told to listen. You are to conceive and bear a son. They each had a promise. They had something to hold on to. And so as they waited for what was to come, they held on to this promise. And so if you're in a season of waiting today, if you feel like you can relate to the story of Israel, that you're in a dark moment in your history, that you are feeling like nothing is working out the way that you hoped it would, your expectations are not what you had hoped, your expectations are not being met, you feel like you're never going to move out of the season you're in. God gives you a promise. In Revelation 21.5, God's promise is, Behold, I am making all things new. God is at work. God is always at work. Waiting is often seen as passive, as something we do as we sit around and wait for time to go on. But I will tell you this, as I wait for this child to be born, there's a plenty to do. It's nine months of preparation and planning and appointments and tests and um, doing everything you can to make sure that you are ready for what's to come. And in the same way, that's what God does in our lives. Scripture says in Isaiah 43, 9, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. God has planted something. God has planted something and it has already begun. And this should change the way we wait. Knowing that God is already moving even in this season. Even when we don't know what's coming. Even when it feels like we're living in the dark, in our worst moment, there is something that has already been planted. God is already at work. To wait is to be present to the moment, believing that this moment we are in is the moment that we are called to. Not to try to fast forward it, not to try to move quickly through it, not to try to create our own plans and figure out how to get through it on our own, but it is a time to prepare ourselves to enter into deeper communion with Christ as we wait for what's to come. Waiting is patience. And patience implies this willingness to stay where we are and live the situation believing that something hidden will manifest in us. Sometimes it's easier to believe that something better is somewhere else and not in this in-between season. But we are called to wait actively, knowing that something is happening where we are. God is at work in this moment. And you're all probably waiting for something right now, waiting for the semester to end, 
waiting for finals to be over, waiting to find out about a new job, waiting for God to reveal something you've been asking and longing for, waiting for your situation to change, for things to get better. We look back to simplicity of the past, like Cindy Lou. We look back to the way Christmas was, when it seemed magical, when life was simpler, or we look forward, looking towards what we hope things will be like in the future. We look forward to the future being better or more exciting, but all of this looking backwards and forwards takes us out of the place that God has us in today. And our mind is only good at thinking in the past and the future. But Advent, as we prepare ourselves for Christmas to come, Christmas isn't about magic, it isn't about a feeling, it isn't even about the traditions we've created. The consumption and the expectations will leave us all disillusioned, just like Cindy Lou, singing, Where Are You, Christmas? Before we can get to Christmas, before we get to that point, we have to live through the season of Advent, preparing ourselves, making room for Christ, allowing Christ to grow within us, allowing Christ to make a home to abide within us. We wait knowing that Christ was born into the world and Christ is being born into the world today. We wait knowing that God has already planted the seeds for what is to come and we get to be an active participant in it. So long as we stay present in the moment, so long as we wait actively preparing ourselves for what God is going to do in the future. So whatever you're waiting for today, whatever it feels like is just not coming quick enough, know that you are exactly where you're supposed to be, that God works even in this moment, in this place, and God is preparing you for what is to come. And so it's our responsibility as Christ followers to make room, to allow for Christ to grow and be born within us so that we can be the hands and the feet of Christ in our world. Will you pray with me? Gracious and loving God, we thank you for this season, this season to um, anticipate, this season to join you, and your people as we wait for Christ to come. God, help us to make room for Christ to be born in our lives, for us to nurture what you've planted, for us to allow it to take root and be born. God, we thank you for the gift of Christ, and we ask that you would continue to prepare us in this season. We pray all this in your holy name. Amen. So wherever you are in your season of waiting right now, whatever it is in those unmet expectations, may you be filled with the hope of Christ, trusting that a seed has already been planted 
and that God is at work doing something in your life today. 